Accumulate is brought to you by Lee Summit Cares. Lee Summit Cares is a local nonprofit led by an advisory board of local teens focusing on helping youth develop positive relationships and creating a culture of physical and mental wellness in the community. Welcome back to I Can Relate. My name is Leah Zam, and today we're going to talk about pressure in our lives. The people with me today are Ellie Johnson, Lily Weiss, Maivo Nyama, Gianni Yuanu. And today I think we're going to have Lillian start off with a little story of hers and then go from there. Yeah. So I'm the youngest of my biological siblings, and throughout my childhood, my siblings didn't do great in school. So by the time that I was in middle school, it became the expectation that since I was the only child doing well, I had to do perfect. It became this pressure that I had to get straight A's in every single class and join clubs and be perfect academically no matter what. And it became my entire life where everything revolved around that. And I felt like I didn't have any friends or outside activities that didn't revolve around school. The pressure to do well and to make my parents proud kind of became my whole life and that just kind of consumed me for several years see I can agree with the education kind of consuming you but for me it was I'm the oldest in my family on my mom Mm -hmm. and dad's side I'm the oldest sibling and cousin and I put that pressure upon myself and then it just kind of became something that I just said was expected of me and so I kept trying to uphold that and then now that I do it And I'm glad I'm still, like, educationally focused. But um, I can almost see how my goals are affecting, like, my younger siblings because I can hear my mom comparing, like, me, comparing my sister to me or stuff like that as well. I think no matter what I do, there's always going to be some kind of pressure on me from my parents just because, like, obviously, like, I've always been, like, super diverse in everything I do. Like, I've been playing competitive softball since I can remember basically and balancing that between school life and social life and everything I think amounts to putting way too much pressure on myself and while that's kind of self-induced I think it does come from a place of like wanting to appease parents grandparents and the people important to you yeah because um I also like most of my pressure comes from myself because like growing up all of my family members around me like they're all pretty successful Most of them, like, own their own businesses or do, like, a lot of international stuff. So I feel like it's my job to make sure I carry that on and, like, continue to do good in, like, sports, school, social activities, and just, like, taking care of myself. I'm going to have to completely agree with that. I mean, all my pressure comes from myself as well. I pretty much set my own bar. Um, Being the oldest, just like Aaliyah, except I'm the oldest from both sides, so technically, I mean, I can be compared to other cousins, but I'm not really compared much by my parents. And my parents always want me to excel in school and do well and do okay, but there has never been a ton of pressure on my shoulders to just be the best. All that pressure comes entirely from myself. I want to be the best. I want to see myself succeed in life. And, uh, And sometimes that mentality, that mentality is a great thing. You know, it really does drive you to be a better person, but at the same time, it can tear you into pieces because when you don't feel like you're excelling, you don't feel like you're doing what you should be doing, you know, it really, really brings you down and it affects your life. Something yeah. that I've learned is just like pressure is good, but too much pressure will completely like consume you. Yeah. And for like going back off of what Gianni said, the wanting to do it yourself is really important. But I noticed that a lot of the times the way I get my motiva- motivation is through a lot of comparison, which we do a lot. And that ends up affecting you even more because you don't know 
when to stop or when you're doing too much because you're all internal. I don't, I'm a very like to myself person. I normally don't verbally show when I'm like in distress or like when I'm going through stuff. So it's all in my head. And then it's so hard to balance between um, showing other people like this is what I'm going through and also putting up a front to show that like, hey, I got everything together. This is me. I got this. Because I feel like a lot of the times we try to do that a lot to put up a front and make it seem that we have everything together, even though deep inside we're kind of losing it. Sorry. Do you think that's kind of a characteristic you developed from being like the oldest child in your family? I think that and then also being, like I said, I never got a lot of pressure from my parents. But then once they started seeing what I do, they kind of started to expect it. And I think it was just self-drive and being like, it's academic validation, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm <laughs> no stick. There you go. It's, I see it, and that's what's doing me the best, and that's all I've known how to do. So then I found something that role works for me, and I'm just sticking with it. I completely agree, because as I said, like I felt a lot of pressure based on how my parents reacted to my siblings not doing well, but a lot of it became uh, I saw the what I was supposed to be doing and then it spiraled to the point where I just kept going and going and going and going until like I would only feel accomplished if I got 100% on all my tests if I did well in all my sports where it's just I didn't feel like I was doing enough until I had everything perfect but just kept raising the bar yeah uh like like i think it was like two days ago i heard this quote on tiktok it was like or twitter it was like comparison is the biggest thief of joy because over like you start like maybe in middle school like putting up this mask of like saying that you're okay but deep down you don't you're not okay you don't want to talk about it and over time it just becomes like a habit that's like hard to break and i feel like with school it's just like not talking to people about like how you're struggling with school and feeling that you have to fix yourself by yourself without any other help has just become, like, too normalized in my head. Too much. I completely agree with that. I mean, even with social media nowadays, if you want to wrap that in, I mean, you see all these influencers and all these kids who are like, yeah, I made it in all these Ivy League schools, and I've got tons of internships, and I'm set up for life, and I've got no worries. And you're like, man, how can I be like them? And then you start setting your drive on to being like them. But sometimes that's just not possible. They're given opportunities that you aren't. And so you have to find what you're good at and excel with what you're good at and some of us that's academically some of us that's within sports and for me personally it's it's academically and that's why I focus so much of my time and effort within school and studying and just trying to get better um you know I I I plan on being an engineer or a software developer when I get a little older so I put a lot of my time into programming and just learning about algorithms all the new tech that's coming up to try to excel but you know, as we've talked about and as we've mentioned, it can become a burden when it's just, just too much, trying to put too much on yourself to succeed. Not only that, when it comes to, like, the self-influencers, uh, a lot of influencers don't show the bad side. They only show the good side. Yeah, and then true. when you're working on yourself, you're seeing the good and the bad. You can't just blur it out like they're able to do or just put up a front as clearly as they're able to do on social media. So it's navigating life and understanding how – Understand that it's okay to be not okay, which is like, I feel like everyone says that. It's okay not to be okay. And it's also okay to try and learn new things and almost show vulnerability because I feel like a lot of where we were kind of going with this is where it's harder for us to show vulnerability. And like, I know for me, it's because I was raised in a Pakistani household. My grandparents are Pakistani. I was born and raised in New York. And my mom still had that type of, 
uh, mindset. And then although I can try and break it on how she's like teaching my younger siblings, I still got like I was the test subject. I was the guinea pig, the guinea pig. <laughs> so that's how I got it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think the biggest thing that it like I tend to think about when it comes to like pressure is burnout because it's something I experienced this year specifically. I played you know, varsity softball. And like, that takes up a lot of time, like traveling sports. And like, it just took up all of my time thinking I have to be the best at this. And then having to balance that with like school life and stuff, it, it ended up teaching me that like school, while it's important to me, it's not, it's not my entire life. And it's okay to get a B. Like, I don't need to be a straight A student every single second of the day, because that's not what I want to be. That's what somebody else wants me to be. And I realized that I need to be self-content with myself and eliminate some pressure. I, definitely agree with that I would push myself really hard until my year of major burnout was actually last year and I didn't learn how to pace myself or how to take a break I didn't learn how to like pace myself or take a break until like I didn't have any other option until like I was just so exhausted and so burnt out and so mentally unwell that I couldn't keep up grades that I couldn't do anything I was given no other option and it's definitely changed my mindset where it's just the, like, even if you can do better, sometimes it's not healthy to push yourself to that extent because you're putting your all into it. Sometimes you can give yourself a break and just rest. But it took me way too many years to figure out that I can just settle a little bit for an A- minus or a B. That's okay. Yeah, that burnout, overcoming that burnout is a huge huge thing that I think a lot of people aren't doing or learning how to figure out how to come over that burnout. So whether that's just finding some activities that you enjoy to take a break from school or whatever else that's burning you out. I mean, for me, my burnout was my junior year after COVID. Um, I didn't learn much during COVID year at all. I mean, it was online school, so I kind of just ignored everything that was happening. And then junior year, I'm like, oh, you know, academically, I've been doing well, so why not take the hardest classes they offer? And then it kind of whipped me in the butt. Like, I was like, I just wasn't prepared for all the work that I was going to be getting and all the, you know, how hard the tests and the, and the quizzes were. And I would, I felt like I was drowning. And uh, so then I would take extra time to study and I would take extra time to do extra assignments. And then all of a sudden, I'm burnt out and I don't want to do it anymore. And one semester through, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this second semester. And my biggest thing for overcoming the burnout was just finding little things I like, you know, watching TV shows here and there. I made, I blocked out time no matter how much my body was like, no, you need to block out time. You need to keep studying and getting better. I forced myself to block out time and do things I enjoyed. And that really helped me overcome that burnout, continue my way through junior year. And now my senior year is so much, it's just so much lighter. I feel like I know how to control and run my life. Yeah, because um, I'm a junior right now, and last semester was probably, like, the worst burnout I've ever experienced. So, like, during winter break, I told myself to, like, take a step back and, like, enjoy, like, the little things and don't push yourself too much. Because in, like, going through, like, from middle school, like, the first year we started getting grades, I got, like, my first set of all A's, and that was my expectation since then. And I think over time I kind of had to learn that you don't always have to get all those A's. And there's more important things in life than letters that are probably going to disappear in about two years. That's a great point. Like, yeah. once we once we get into college and once we leave high school, like, your no high school GPA means nothing. Yeah. Like, your college experience and, like, what you learn in college and getting your degree and then getting into, like, your career and the rest of your life. Like, people don't realize that high school is a fraction of your life. Yeah, you're going to make a lot of memories. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. But to waste all of your 
like life and like your want to do things and your drive on getting an A in a class that's not going to matter in two years, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. I feel like especially when people talk about like they make so many good experiences in high school, but when you're trying so hard to make good grades that you miss out on all those experiences that other people had, you miss out on the entire experience and it's just a blur. Mm -hmm. I feel like for the most part, that's a lot of what people... We always hear about senioritis, and I feel like that's what senioritis is. It's the understanding of, like, this isn't my whole life, and it's okay if I, like, don't finish this homework assignment and go to a party. Or if I choose, for me, um, like, to prevent the burnout, it was a lot of, I need to get out of the house, or I need to get out of the normal environment that I'm doing it in. For when I do schoolwork, I have to be in more of, like, a school setting or, like, an office setting, and then when I'm not doing school, I need to, like, not even see my backpack. And so... As a senior, I'm a senior now. As a senior, I think that I'm starting to understand how to balance that. But also going through what I went through um, junior year, I'm on the same boat with Gianni. Like I tried, I tried to do all those really hard um, classes, and we did IB Bio together. That was not oh, fun. God. That was that was not a fun yeah, time. Yeah, I'm in that right now. <laughs> yeah, you're not killing oh, me. No, no. We did IB Bio, and we did. Oh yeah, you're in there right now too. Yeah, I did and semester. we did. Yeah, and I was in, I'm in IBCP, which is like the certificate program, and there's people doing diploma, meaning they're at school seven days a week. They're doing, there before school starts at like yeah. six in the morning. Before in the morning, and they are, they are doing IB. So I did that, and because I burnt out my junior year, I was able to not only understand how valuable it is to take time for myself, but I'm doing it in a healthy way my senior year. Like I, I can balance it and understand when it's okay for me to put my academic brain aside right now versus when I need to buckle up and I need to finish this because it has to get done. And that's what like burnout has basically taught me. Yeah. I think mindfulness is kind of the killer to any kind of burnout and pressure there. I think another big thing for not even burnouts, but you know, my big thing is since I'm going into college, I have been watching a lot of video. I watch way too much TikTok, but just scrolling through the feed, (laughs) I see all these kids who are engineers like, man, you know, I just fail in all my classes burned out, done, like dropping out. I'm like, whoa, I don't want that experience. So right now my biggest thing is like trying to develop a mindset and a schedule that I can continue on in college, whether that's like finding a regular study routine that doesn't engross my life, right? It's not going to take over my life and, you know, make me burnt out or, you know, whatever. But I feel like uh, just developing that routine is kind of where I'm at for for school, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely better to try to – find the like healthiest way to deal with this as soon as possible because like push yourself through school burnt out but just like trying to finally make it to the end of school and then going to college without having any of the necessary skills or coping mechanisms you're just going to end up failing again like you don't do anything high school's a trial and error time like this is the time when like we should mess up and we should learn from our mistakes a lot less consequences so learning i think like gianni said like learning scheduling is probably like the best thing you can take from high school right now and what makes me mad is we weren't told that coming in freshman year God, no yeah no. That, that makes, oh they were like so take mad. these hard classes so much but it doesn't and then i like i was actually thinking about this the other day i was so mad that i'm coming to that realization now my senior year we're a semester done with school we got one more and then life is gonna smack you, you four it, months. it's gonna hurt it's going to hurt. And preparing yourself, I know you said you were preparing yourself, Gianni, just for, like, w- how college is going to be. But I'm preparing myself for everything, how 
life is going to just change. The people that are normally there, they're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. How that's going to look now. Or just, I feel like a lot of the time people have, I think Ellie, you said this earlier, they make high school seem out like seem to be the biggest part of your life. And then when you step back and look at it, and you're like, this is just, it was just four years of my life. It felt like the most important four years, but it's not. And then the fear I get, like trying to think how tiny high school year was versus high school years versus like what I have coming, that also brings fear into me. But then I'm also like, there's so much more to go. Yeah. And getting excited for that. Yeah, I think a lot of that is like teachers putting unrealistic pressures on students, students like during school. And not like, because my mom used to tell me this all the time that high school is easier to make mistakes because you have support from your parents. And then, like, in school, it's easier to make a mistake now than in college where you have to, like, pay like $500 to retake a class or something. <laughs> so I feel like maybe, like, teachers need to start, like, telling students that more and start and stop, like, putting these, like, fears into their heads of, like, your teachers are going to be the strictest. This is going to be hard. You're going to have to spend hours doing homework and all that. Overall, though, I think that learning how to do this stuff this stuff is important but how did you guys come to the realization that i feel like everyone in here has kind of said that they haven't felt that high school is or they had the realization that high school is not that big a deal mm-hmm. yeah how i think we all had guys... a point of burnout yeah for everybody it's different it's all like we're all different people it's going to be significant and it's going to look different but i mean to each their own like i think burnout is a great lesson that most high schoolers probably experience yeah, mine, well, it's a bit depressing. Um, I only realized that after I had to go to the mental hospital because I was so stressed, and which, oof, um, and I was there for a week, and I didn't have, they wouldn't let me do a school-related things, and I've never felt such a big, like, relief in my life. And I was like, I, when I went back, I was like, I can't keep, doing the same thing that I've been doing is not healthy it led me to an awful place in my life and I'm not gonna do that anymore yeah yeah I mean I think my realization was just like after you know four years getting done with ACT getting accepted into a university after that stress is kind of out of the way and you're done and you're like well I just got to make it to college now and then get through college and I was lucky enough to land an internship which is it's kind of a, it's a big deal for engineers because some students really struggle to get them their third junior year when they have to in college. So really thankful that I was able to get one now. So with all of those things combined, like, you know, I've got 60 plus years of my life left. Like there is so much more to life than this little four block section that people are making it seem like it's it's way they're making it seem like it's way too important. It really isn't that important. It really isn't that big of a deal. You just got to do good enough to get into college or do good enough to graduate with your GED. I mean, not your GED, just graduating high school in general. And also, like, it's the, I feel like in life, they give us a lot of step stools on what to look forward to next. So, like, mm-hmm. when you were in elementary school, for me, at least, that was when they first made middle schools separate, like, 7th yeah. and 8th grade. And mm-hmm. now it's 6th, 7th, and 8th mm-hmm. as a separate building. And so when you're in middle school, you're like, oh, I'm I'm a 6th grader. Now I get to go to this new building. And middle school, they said the same thing about middle school. That middle school is not going to be that easy. The teachers are going to be hard. <laughs> I had the best time in oh, middle school. Great. Yeah. That was when it was the best. And then middle school, they're like, oh, you're having fun now. You wait till you get into high school. It's all the next steps. Now we're in high school. We're about to graduate. Some of us, we're close. You guys have a year. We have a semester. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at it. And we're like, now we're looking at our next step. But we're also realizing that there can be multiple next steps. Like we can start, some people are going to start college and then also start a family. Some people are going to decide to 
they might go in thinking one thing, but they're going to start a whole different career path than what they originally thought that they were dedicated to. And travel. I really want to travel. Oh, God. I want to travel so bad. Who else wants to study abroad? I would love to study abroad. Oh, God. Yes, I would love to. Yeah, I'm definitely looking into that, but I don't. It's not necessarily the most affordable. Oh, okay. <laughs> so expensive. Oh, I've study in Italy, oh, but we start learning about oh, the bank account. Oh. oh, that's a huge, huge pressures. Money, you know, hmm. especially with what's happening in the economy right now. Housing's gone way up. The price of groceries has gone way up. College prices has gone way up. Everything's just through the roof right now. And so the pressure of being able to stand on your own two feet and make it as soon as you get out of high school. It, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty rough sometimes yeah. but i think at the end of the day we'll all be able to make it through i mean you know you just gotta believe in yourself like i said you know you set the bar for yourself if you believe that you're gonna make it through if you believe that you're gonna be able to stand your own two feet you're gonna stand on your own two feet it's dedication and also knowing that it's not as much as it's important to rely on yourself which that is that is you have to be able to believe in yourself and be able to push yourself when no one else will because that's what's going to get you somewhere. But also having a support group, have, having people that you could go to when you are at your absolute lowest to give you either that little bit of hope, but there's no better relief than when you go to a friend and they're like, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. Because that not only does that tell you I'm normal, which is like something that we all strive to be, but it also tells you that this is okay. And if you're going to a friend to talk about it, you're not yeah. alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just having that support group and group and having somewhere to and go. giving yourself grace. Like yeah. we're young. We got to give ourselves some grace. You're not alone. You don't have to go through life alone. Even mm-hmm. if it like feels like no one else understands what's happening. There's somebody out there that's going through the exact same thing. As you all mentioned, you're almost never alone. You can almost always find somebody going through the same, or not the same thing, but a similar thing as you are, or has gone through a similar thing. So, you know, finding that support group that's going to kind of, you know, help you stay on your own two feet is a really, really important thing. I mean, in, in college, I think a lot of support groups come from, I mean, even in your study groups. Let's say you join a study group in college. I mean, all those kids are going through the same hard class you're going through. So you can piggyback off each other, and that's what a lot of students do to you know, get through those tough classes or they'll look up to seniors who've been through that class and they'll ask them for advice and how this professor was and everything else. And even within high school and within sports, you know, Ellie, all your teammates are also going through the same thing you are with, you know, playing competitive softball. It's really hard to keep up with all the schoolwork along with your competitive softball schedule, but you can piggyback off of them, ask them what they're doing, how they're keeping up with their work. And that piggyback is, you know, what helps a lot of people succeed. Yeah, no, I definitely think that that's just, like, kind of the nature of people. Like, that's why we reach out to other people, so that we don't feel alone and so that we feel, like, connected and so that, you know, you don't feel isolated because feeling a sense of, like, you know, connectedness and that, like, your struggles, like, other people are having struggles too, that takes away some pressure. Yeah, and I feel like hearing, like, other people's stories and, like, talking to them about, like, what they did to overcome these obstacles is definitely something that helps others and... Again, like making you not feel alone. And if there is anyone listening that is around the same boat as we are, I hope like if you could take one thing out of this podcast, I would say just to learn that you will be okay and that burnout's normal. It's, it's normal. normal. Everything you're going You'll through is normal. You'll get through it. You'll get over And yeah. just keep pushing. <laughs> keep on. Keep on. <laughs> 
You're bound to hit a few curbs. <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Especially with a few shifts. <laughs> but yeah, so. All we got from I Can Relate. Again, this was Leah Zam. Ellie Johnson. Lillian Weiss. Maeva Wanyama. Gianni Iwano. And thank you for watching this episode. Listening. <laughs> listening. Listening. <laughs>I Can Relate is brought to you by Lee Summit Cares. Lee Summit Cares is a local nonprofit led by an advisory board of local teens focusing on helping youth development positive relationships and creating a culture of physical and mental wellness in the community. I Can Relate is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or most of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a production of Fredcast. Think, speak, speak.